The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. This is the Waddle and Sylvie Holiday Party on ESPN Chicago. Presented by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Talk Did you see us. who showed up? Yeah, Caps here. Caps here. That's great. Supporting the team. Very happy to he see missed, Caps. He missed the performance that was dedicated to oh, him. Oh, we should bring uh, we should bring Jason back and yeah. have him perform. I, as I said, it, it was a performance dedicated to him. Isn't that the best way to say it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's did the most sh- did you holiday. Show, did you show Cap the sign? Where, I did not. Where is Cap? He's over there uh, exchanging pleasantries with Chase. Oh. Chase. And tap, Maryland. Cap. Tap, cap. Tap, cap. Oh, now he's with it's Maryland. It's a cap, tap. Tap him. There's a cap, tap right there. Take that. <laughs> I just showed him. Um, so it's good to see Cap. It's good to see Jesse, Jesse too. Rogers is here. Love well, seeing Jesse. We're going we're gonna to put uh, Jesse on stage, too. Yes. We'll talk Not to, to perform, but maybe to talk some baseball. No, we're putting Jesse on to sing. No, he's you not You didn't know that? No, he's not Yeah, no. yeah. Nope. Yeah, Sing a song that would make Sylvie not cry about what the Cubs are going to do over the course of the next few months. Did you see Tyler Glass now? Yeah, he is was now a Dodger. Dodgers, I yes. was going to wear a Dodger hat today, but I figured because it was the holiday yeah. party that I wouldn't. And it's a football Friday. That. It's yeah, a, that doesn't matter. No, you don't. I mean, well, how about. Well, it is a holiday. Well, you tell me it's a holiday parody song party and you're wearing taupe. just a taupe. Uh, hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, I, I, I dropped the ball. Again, what were you thinking? Seriously. I, I, I wasn't. I obviously wasn't. This is a holiday. I, I grabbed something party. out of the closet. I was like, I'm good. You know me. I basically wear a hooded sweatshirt every day. People watch the show you on Twitch. Pro- you could probably they get one that's holiday, you know, holiday. Or, I, I know, but again, I, I wasn't. I didn't even put two and two together for whatever. What? I wasn't thinking. I wasn't. I just Where did you think you were going didn't today? Think. I didn't. Where did you think you were going? I today? didn't. I, I I knew I was coming here, but I again, I I showered, um, and I just I all I was thinking was I'm not going to wear sweats today. Oh, well, so I put on jeans. Thank you. Thank you for that. I put on jeans actually. Yeah. And then I I wore one of these like nicer hooded sweatshirts. That's one of the upscale hooded sweatshirts. This is, yeah, this is like what, the what, what, how do you, how do you know, rank them? How do you rank them? I'm getting a thumbs down from a woman in the crowd yeah. right now. She's booing me. I know, I know. What do you uh, do? You have a holiday sweater at home? Oh uh, yes. Well, the old school ones from Miller Lite. Okay. But yes, that'll work. Wait, wait. that works. <laughs> it's the effort that counts, and you didn't even put forth the effort. Zero effort. Wow. Is Charles joining us? Yeah, oh, he's ready now. Yeah, good, good, good. I haven't talked to Charles in years. He is a fantastic writer. Yes. Uh, Yahoo is where you, you find Charles Robinson. Uh, back in the day, uh, him and Waddle hit it off. 
Uh, and uh, they, I think it was back in the day when you and Cap did a show. So I think it was like was it? I'm two not even decades sure about ago that. before you and I started. I'm not sure. And then we've know. had him on, but we haven't talked to him for a while. And as I met you know why? Because why? our team hasn't been really relevant in quite some time. So he doesn't talk about us and write about us. I don't blame him for that. Uh, so uh, Charles wrote about uh, Justin Fields. And, and like I told you yesterday, the Justin Fields story now is not just a local story. This has been a big national story on what the Bears are going to do. Because they own the first selection in the draft. And because Justin holds a trade value where he could be a solution for another team. And Charles wrote about that as well. And the intriguing part about what Charles did was not just speculate. is He actually went to guys who make these decisions who are active general managers, not just nameless NFL sources or former NFL general managers. These are current NFL general managers. And he quoted seven current NFL general managers, obviously anonymously, about what they think if they were sitting in Ryan Poles' chair. And it was unanimous. What they would do. Clear-cut decision. If the Bears (laughs) keep the number one overall pick. So I I, I think I justified it. And later, uh, uh, regarding uh, Fields' trade value, we could get into that with Charles now. But Charles Robinson from Yahoo joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Charles, it was a great, great read. I suggest that all of our uh, fans... Read it as well. How have you been? I'm good. I'm great. It's Throwback Friday. This is great to be back with you guys. How you been? Yes. I, I'm tr- I was trying. Sylvia and I were talking, Charles. And I was like, I'm trying to remember the last time we talked with Charles. And, and I was just, you know, realizing that it's probably when this Bears team was, was relevant. And that's been a very, very long time. But obviously right now there are some big decisions ahead for them. And, uh... It's interesting how people feel about what they're going to do with the number one overall selection. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is um, since that story went up, I got three more GMs called me back, and uh, I found a dissenting opinion finally. It took the 10th, 10th GM to get a dissenting opinion, and uh, yeah, all uh, nine out of 10 said that they would uh, draft Caleb and and trade Fields, although all 10 out of 10 agreed on what the compensation would be, kind of in that range of the the last three came in, one said a third and a fifth. And again, this is all, everybody agrees, hey, there's four more games to be played here. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's some aspects of this where you'll hear, particularly after a trade is completed, you'll talk to a front office and they'll say, well, we had this opinion on a guy, but once we knew he was available, we put the tape on and we found some things that we didn't, you know, that we liked that we didn't, you know, maybe know existed. And so that upped our trade, you know, it made us a little more um, amenable to, to kicking up the trade value. But the last three, it was a, one guy said a three and a five, one said uh, added to the, you know, there's, he agreed it, it could be a three that graduates with performance. And another one said, you know, late two, early three, kind of let's see how the season ends. But, again, that 10th, um, AFC GM said, I disagree with the with – the, I told him, he said, who, you know, where's everybody at? And I, he had seen the seven, and I said, well, two more came in and said they would deal him. And he was like, no, I'm, I disagree. He said, I think they should keep him, and they should 
take that pick and try to turn it into as many picks as possible and, you know, enrich the rest of the team rather than bailing on, you know, what, what he feels like. And again, he's commenting from afar, but, you know, he said, I, I think I've seen sort of that progress that Ryan Poles probably is encouraged by. And, you know, he, he's said to me, he said, I thought early in the season, sort of with how he was struggling out of the gate, he was like, I thought it was going to be a situation similar to, you know, when you watch Baker Mayfield this last year with Cleveland, where you're like, yeah, there's, there's probably not going to be a ton of trade value there. But he agreed. He said, you know, I think there has been an aspect of him turning it around, and so now there is trade value. But he said now the question is internally, how, what is their value internally? Because we're all on the outside looking in. They could have a different read on the value. And he's like, that can't be forgotten in all of this, that just because we value it this way, Ryan Poles could be looking at it completely differently. Charles, the, the nine that said that they would pivot and go and draft Caleb Williams, did any of them say to you, hey, there's four games left, and maybe the play of Justin would change my mind if I was sitting in the, the seat that Ryan is sitting in? No, not, not with the four games left. And it wasn't – one guy, I quoted him specifically on it, but it was more than, than one who shared the opinion of – look, you don't want to be, a, and this is me paraphrasing here, but you don't want to be sort of at the end of year three still not knowing. Like, you should have some element of conviction in year three. And I won't say who it was, but one GM in particular said to me, when we, we felt like one time we had a guy who we wanted to extend, and then at the end of year three we were like, ah, we could use a little more data here. You know, we could use a, we We need a little more of an assessment and then when we went to year four, it, it, it kind of fell apart. And we knew there's, no, you know, we don't, we, this is not our long-term quarterback. We don't want to extend it. And he said, you know, he thought to himself in the middle of year four, it probably wasn't great that at the end of year three, I still felt like I needed some data. And, and I think what he is suggesting is the question, if Ryan Poles was asked right now, would you extend him now after year three? Would you extend him? And I don't know the answer to that. My thought, my thought is, I'm sure Ryan Poles would probably like to see another year of data, right? And then I think you get into this complication of, well, you got to make a decision on the fifth year option. You can't wait through year four to to kick in, a, you know, on that fifth year option. And once you commit to that fifth year option, it makes things a lot more complicated from a trade aspect because if it doesn't work out in year four. Now you're saddled with a guy that you really can't trade. Right. You know, no one's going to pick unless you're going to eat the majority of that salary. You're not going to be able to move them before year five. So it's sort of like, hey, they're backed into this corner here. They got to make a decision. And I think a lot of these GMs, the thought process they have is, well, look, if the number one pick wasn't wasn't who it is, and and you know, there's some concern about Caleb Williams, particularly when it comes to like how you how much he operated out of structure this year at USC. But for the most part, there is an, a fairly overwhelming opinion that this is a special player. Um, there are some circumstances here that caused him to play a little differently at USC this year. And at least their own perception of how the quarterback position is played, he, he is going to be more of, of a player who can be very successful in structure and in the pocket as a passer than Justin can, and that matters. We're talking to Charles Robinson from Yahoo on his article where he talked to several general managers in the NFL about the future of Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. And my question about 
what these general managers had to say, Charles, is did any of them say, well, wait on Caleb Williams, we would still consider Drake May? Or are they all considering Caleb Williams and only Caleb Williams? I think it's... uh, So you're going to get some arguments in terms of Caleb or Drake based on, like, what do you want? What do you want from a quarterback? And um, I, I actually did a piece the week before where I talked to different evaluators, scouts, you know, uh, it wasn't all just GMs, but it was people in different tiers, sort of like what divides these two people. And a lot of it was, hey, there's, there's a character evaluation of it. You know, um, there is a size, you know, look, Drake's going to be a bigger guy. He's going to be a quarterback that looks sturdier. There's still people who are like, we don't know, like Caleb Williams could measure six foot. Like we think he's going to be six one, but he could measure six foot. And that matters to us because of the comps we see in the NFL. Whereas Drake may in bare feet is like six, three and a half. And, you know, he's sturdier, he's bigger. And so you start to put him in boxes and, you know, you, you do get some evaluators who, say, I, you know, give me Drake May. Here are all the things I like about him. Here's what I know about his family. Here's what I like about him handling with the process. And then there are others that just say, look, Caleb, um, although you question, okay, how hard is it going to be to get him to operate in structure? When he's out of structure, he's doing things that other people simply can't. And, you know, it's, he has certain rare abilities to him. So when I, you know, these GMs, the ones that I talked to, we didn't get into a big debate about Drake May. Um, But I asked them, would you take Caleb? And they said, yeah. Charles, with regard to these guys, you've been doing this a long time, so you know who's good at their job and who's not as good at their job. Would you consider the guys that you talk to to have an average quarterback eye, an above-average quarterback eye, or below-average quarterback eye, if you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I would say it's about 50-50. I would say it's about – so some guys that have made mistakes at quarterback – lived through it, you know, and learned some lessons. It was some that were very astute, you know, and had a lot of success drafting quarterbacks. Um, it was – there were a few on the list that had gone through the dilemma of, um, you know, uh, do we extend? And, and, you know, there was – without giving away too many details here, there was even one who, you know, had been in an organization long enough to have watched an organization pass on quarterbacks a couple of years. Well, they were trying to work it out in other ways, and and he was like, "Look, at some point you get you get to this situation where you're in the room, and you start to talk to each other about like, how long can we do this? Like, how long can we keep seeing what we think are special traits quarterbacks, but sticking with this guy or reaching for that guy because we think, well, we can resolve it another way. Let's 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 instead of taking the special guy, we'll try to figure out how to turn that into some other value, and then all of a sudden you passed on." what you are now looking out and seeing are either top five, top 10 quarterbacks or, you know, pro bowl level quarterbacks. And you're saying we, we pass on all those guys. Like at some point, the owner's looking at us going, are you guys sure you can evaluate quarterbacks? Cause we're missing a lot at this stage. So it's, sure. it was a, I would say it was a wide array. It wasn't all, they're not all Albert Einstein. I'll put it that way. Right. Charles on the compensation front, you mentioned what most of them came to the conclusion as to what they felt Justin would get in terms of a return. I, I don't know exactly what Sam Darnold drew for the, for the Jets, but it seemed to be more than what you've described here. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, he got a second. Um, 
I want to say a second, a fourth, and a sixth, right. I believe. So are you, are, you, are you surprised that, that the value in return wasn't, a, you know, the consensus wasn't higher than what all of these guys were talking about? I, I'm not because I do think general managers are putting more value on what they believe are. I know we've gotten into this mode of like, hey, we want the, the, the two-dimensional quarterback. We want the, the quarterback who can throw from the pocket to win but can also do stuff off script, who can play out of structure, create big plays out of chaos, things like that. But I, I do feel like I am feeling a sort of, yeah, we like the guys that can go off script. We like the guys who can play in structure. But it is a league that wins from the pocket. And we need to start with a baseline of can this guy win from the pocket? And if not, how special is he in every other way? And actually, one GM when we were talking brought up Lamar Jackson. And he was like, look, um, we're still at this stage where we know there are always going to be limitations on their passing. And although he is special beyond just, you know, what he can do from the pocket at times, the other aspect of his game is diminishing. You know, he's not going to be able to run and do all of these things forever without getting to the point where he starts to get hurt. And then he also brought up Anthony Richardson, and he said, look, we saw a guy, you, you, you gamble it, uh, he looks great at times, you're like, oh, there's more here from a passing aspect, but he starts to do the off-script stuff, he starts, and he said even some of the scripted stuff, he's taking big hits. He said, so you don't want to get to this point where a big part of the equation that you're gambling on with the guy that you keep or the guy that you draft is going to be a part of his game that diminishes over time and running faster than throwing we've seen it the, yeah. the data is there running faster than throwing diminishes far more quickly so you are far more reticent i think to to gamble on that when you're choosing between two quarterbacks uh, charles you also brought up an interesting point in your column about brian johnson um yeah. on the eagles staff who who could be an option for the bears and you also sure. suggested that Hey, look for him um, if if he's hired to replace Matt Eberflus if Eberflus doesn't stay next year, or if Brian Johnson goes to another team as a head coach to to be a solution there. Maybe and you did, you even prefaced it by saying you have no intel to know if he's a fan of Justin Fields. Right. But yeah. but a lot of the characteristics that Jalen Hurts does. That he could he could be a solution for Justin Fields, so I thought yeah. that was very interesting. As Brian Johnson could be a solution here in Chicago with Justin Fields, or maybe somewhere else as Justin Fields' landing spot with him as a head coach. Yeah, and the the way I arrived at that was just by asking these guys, "Hey, if he gets dealt, like, who are the suitors going to be? Like, give me an idea of like you know and and." Arthur Smith came up with the Falcons because they said, you know, look at the scheme. There's a lot of RPO stuff. Um, you know, it, it maps well, particularly if, you know, when, when Tannehill, who is, is more of a pocket guy than a runner, but, you know, when Tannehill was at his height athletically, um, you know, you could kind of see some similarities. And, um, you know, but it doesn't look like Arthur Smith is necessarily going to get fired. And, you know, are they, how committed are they to Desmond Ritter, all this stuff? But then I had a few GMs say, well, geez, you know, look, the, the Eagles offense is what fits this guy. They're like, that to a T is the offense he should be functioning in. 
You can't go to Indianapolis, which runs that offense, because Steichen, you know, they've already gotten Richardson there. Obviously, he's not going to go to Philly because they have Hurts. So the next progression is, well, who's going to come out of there with that scheme? Who who has seen the plan? Who's spent time with Hurts? Well, Brian Johnson's the guy, and he's been a name. It's not like he's new. He was a name last year. And But I, I think there's a thought process that in the next rotation of coaches, he's going to be near the top of a lot of lists. And if he leaves that Philly scheme leaves with them and they're going to be looking for a player that fits, you know, that Philly scheme. And, and there's definitely a strong uh, opinion. I think that, that he matches very well with what uh, Justin Fields traits are. And, and not only that, he spent time, very important time with Hertz when he was still developing, you know, developing as a quarterback, 21, 22 was where you started to see those monster steps by Hertz on the NFL level. Well, that's his quarterback coach during those seasons. So you know he can work with a player to help him refine on a daily basis in meetings, all these different things, even from a mindset um, that he's a fit. So, you know, there was a thought process, again, with me asking, where, you know, who's going to trade from, where would you put him? A lot of people pointed at that Philly offense. Charles, um, this seems to be just kind of theoretically an easier decision for somebody who doesn't have the emotion attached to this an easier decision for these you know these other seven gms a how do you feel that ryan poles feels about this situation and do you get the impression that the decision that these guys came to almost unanimously is more about kind of procedure than it is specifics because of you, you turn the, the, the quarterback clock over from a salary structure. Right. You've right. got the first pick. You know, all of these other things, not just focusing on Justin and Caleb Williams, but the situation that exists currently as well. Yeah, I, look, I, I do think there's a bit of – you have to take some of it with a grain of salt because they do look at it from, well, let's just think about the line of logic when it comes to making decisions like this. Um, okay, you, you know, you start the quarterback, uh, the contract clock over, you know, so that really gives you X amount of years of control. You take away the pressure of the fifth-year option decision. You draft your own quarterback, you know, because this was the guy that came from the last regime. And so from a, a lot of it is a logic standpoint. Right. And then some of it is, is from their own evaluation. They don't. I would argue that some of these guys have spent more time looking at Caleb than they have – since, at Justin, since Justin came into the league, right? You know, they're and and they're right in the middle of a lot of that evaluation, so it's fresh in their minds. So yeah, I think there's definitely an aspect of that. And as one GM said, he said, you know, when we're out, all on the outside and they're on the inside, and it can be different. And one of the things that he brought up was, you know, this kid's played. I think he started like 34 games, and if you sometimes when you look at that assessment, you go, okay, well that's two seasons. Well, let's look at it. Let's just let's let's approach it from the dumb angle of let's just look at the first season, the first 17 games versus the second season, the, the seven, the second, second, the second 17 game sample. And he's like, do you see improvement? I mean, you know, let's look at all the numbers and we'll get into the granular data. And if you see improvement, you know, from our aspect, maybe we don't, we're not as impressed with it as Ryan pulls it because he's there every day. Right. You know, he sees what the kid's doing in the locker room. He sees how he connects or, you know, with the coaching staff, with all these other aspects of the franchise, that affects the decision. And and I'm honestly, clearly, what Poles thinks is exponentially more important than any of these other GMs think. Right. 
Like, it is. So from that, from that standpoint, take it with a grain of salt. If anything, I would just say if they go to trade this guy, and that's really how I approached it. Remember, all these people are the, you know, these are the people that get called, you know, or, or not called, or, but these are the people that when they think he's available, they then assess in their minds, well, what's the value here? Let's start talking about this. And so it's sort of just a baseline. Here's how the outside world looks at him. Keep that in mind if right. it comes to this decision. Great stuff. Yeah, in 10 seconds, Charles, um, did any general manager that you reached out to say, I don't care if it's anonymous or not, I don't want to touch this one? No. Okay. And, well, okay, that's, that's not true. I probably, I had a, quite a few not call me. <laughs> like, they didn't respond at all. Like, uh, you know, so to me, I guess you can absorb it that way. Like, it's, they're just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved in, you know. So that's, but that, that's also not uncommon. You know, you mass text all these guys and whoever gets back to you who is who, who gets back to you. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the seven were the seven I called. No, it was quite a few more. You know, you just get what you get. It's the biggest big picture decision that will be made yeah. in the 2020, yeah. you know, for off season. It really is. I mean, it's so it's, it's a really fascinating discussion for sure. Charles, great stuff. We appreciate you and uh, we'll be reaching out soon. Okay. Thanks Charles. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Take care, all right? You got it. Charles Robinson from Yahoo. If you haven't read it, read it. Again, yes. it's just food for thought. And, again, it's not like media people speculating. No. These are active general managers, yes. not former, current general managers. Again, it's it, you could throw it out if you want, but it's food for thought if you want to read it on what they think the Bears should do. That's Re- why I thought Caleb it was important Williams, to, yeah. to kind of point it out as well. Look, this is an easier, it's easier to come to a conclusion as you are a non-attached general manager than it would be if you're Ryan Poles for a lot of reasons. We'll get another performance. It's our holiday party. We are live at Bub City in Rosemont. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Welcome back to the Waddle and Sylvie holiday party. Live from Bub City in Rosemont, ESPN, Chicago. Just a little taste of it. Are you fraternizing? I was saying hi, yes. Yeah? Saying hi to all of us. Uh, saying hi. To the Waddle and Sylvie You supporters. are, you know what? You are, you're an ambassador for this program. Someone's got to be. No doubt, because I sat in my chair right here and drank my drink. What do you and got? put together my, uh, I've got some Elijah Craig uh, bourbon. How do you like it? What do you want? I love it. Talk, I have no a, idea what it is. Do a little uh, no. like what Carmen would do. No, I'm not going to do Come that. On. I'm not what? your radio G- give chimp. Us, give no. us some notes. Uh-uh. Here's the notes. I took two Dayquil before I started drinking it, too. Well, that's so I, why I, listen. I'm not promoting that. I don't think you should mix. But you just even did. a small drink with with cold medicine. But it's the only way I'm getting through. You just did promote it. No, I didn't. I said, D- don't do like me. Don't do as I do. do I could I say that I'm on a thousand things. Here's the okay. Let me clear it up. Do not take two day quill. And then have a, even a small thing of bourbon. That's How about good. that? All right, thank you. Did I clear that up for everyone? Yeah, yes, Is that did. good? Yeah. We all good? Everybody? Okay. Everybody's nodding their heads. Yes. 
We will not take cold medicine with bourbon. Thank you, Waddle. Thanks for clearing it up. Okay, you just told me. All right, what do we got for records? Because I, 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 that, those double dip Monday night games really screwed me because I was on a great <laughs> run until then. Well, right Sounds now, like an excuse coming out yeah, over, oh, over yeah. here. Uh, the yeah. current standings sit Waddle in the lead with 56, Sylvie in second with 52, Meller at 45, and myself at 37. See, I thought I was going to get you. I thought this was last week was the week. But then, guess who let me down? The Packers, and then the Dolphins. Why would you too. put? Why would you choose the Packers? You hate the well, Packers. Wait, wait, wait! I do hate the Packers, but I thought six or six and a half against Tommy the DeVito. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't think they. Listen, I think what we've learned over the course of the last couple of months is that this NFL is mediocre and unpredictable, yep. and we love it. Mm-hmm. But it's mediocre at best. And it's unpredictable. Yeah. This Cleveland team is eight and five. They're eight and five. Watch their film. They're mediocre. Like everyone outside of San Francisco, Dallas at home, and who I mean, Miami doesn't have a single quality win on their on their record. Not one. Baltimore is probably the best the AFC has to offer. I'm thinking about going back to that well again too. The Packer well? No, the uh, the Miami well. They got the Jets this week. I don't know that you're going to get uh, Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill. I don't know if he's going to practice. They, they still stick it. Like, what's his name's not going to play? Wilson's not going to play like that again. How do you know? Okay, go ahead. Will Levis put it on the uh, on the Dolphins last week. I know. Go ahead. Uh, my like. Uh, this is kind of Bears centric. I like Joe Flacco to throw an interception. Uh, I believe that. That number, it was within the range. I think it was minus 120. Okay. Uh, let me check just because some numbers have changed. Because there's another one that I have. Uh, I've got Joe Flacco. He's going to throw a pick. Yeah. Oh, it's minus 125, over a half an interception. Mm. So I'm going Joe Flacco will throw it to one of our defensive backs. What? Okay. What? Go, go ahead. It's within it's the It's your rules. pick, yeah, dumbass. It's the rules. So don't look at me and just say, keep saying it's okay. Like, it's like the Shohei deferral right now. It's 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 within the rules. I think it's against the Sounds like a There's a lot of spreads that, show, that end at 125, though. So I'll, I think that's yeah, fine. Okay, fine, fine. Um, I like the Denver Broncos plus four and a half at Detroit. I don't. I don't think Detroit right now is in any position to win a game more than a field goal these days. And they may not win this game. The way Denver's playing, even at home, uh, they could be upset again. Who and are I, they playing? Denver. Denver. Who is? No, who is Denver? The Lions. Lions. The, oh. the Lions at home. Uh, Denver's getting four and a half. Like, Denver can't stop anybody. Denver's defense, I mean, uh, Detroit can't stop anybody. And Denver's defense these days is playing pretty good. And Jared Goff is doing normal Jared Goff type stuff. But you're so, gonna, who are you taking? I'm taking Denver plus a four and a half. I like Denver there plus you go. four and a half. Boys, for my like, I'm going to head to Buffalo. A big game. The Bills hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Dallas Cowboys... 
had a early version of their Super Bowl last week beating the Eagles. I like the Bills laying two and a half because the Bills really do need to win out if they're going to make the playoffs at seven and six. So I think more at stake for the Bills at home. I'll lay the two and a half. I like more, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, more on that later, Meller. Yeah. Um, my like, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday night football after the Ravens played a close. They've played a couple of close games on the road. They have, I think they'll play another one inside a field goal against Jacksonville on Sunday night. So Jaguars uh, plus three and a half. Yeah, they're desperate, right? The Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They, they got to win. The AFC is up for grabs. Uh, my love. Over 42.5 rushing yards for Deontay Foreman. That's actually minus 115. So you could cool your pants on that one. That number's up, too, because I think a couple of days ago you could have gotten it, like, over 39 or 39.5. I like that play. And and I think they're going to keep the ball on the ground, and I think you can run the football a little bit on this group more so now than earlier in the season. So had some success with Deontay Foreman rushing totals. It's only 42.5 yards. Give him the damn ball. Yes, yes. He's their best back. And yes. I, I like that they stayed with him even after the injury. Yes. And I listen, I, I agree with what Tom Thayer says. Roshan Johnson's a nice player. He's much better in pass protection than anyone else they have at running back. But if you want to run the football, give the ball to this kid and let him play. Uh, I'm, what Meller said, I love. Um, and I don't say that much. But uh, I, I love the Bills. This is... Must win for the Bills. This is letdown mode for the Cowboys. They have played a lot of high-pressured games lately, too. Going to Buffalo is not going to be easy. I think the Bills win this one. Uh, And I I like the way they've been playing, too. So I love the Bills minus two. For my love Gents, I do enjoy the Atlanta Falcons, even though Sylvie is a little bit nervous about the Panthers maybe upsetting them. The NFC South is up for grabs with three teams tied at six and seven. The Falcons being one of them. I love the Atlanta Falcons laying three points against the Carolina Panthers, who I think can't help but get out of their own way. So give me the Falcons. I like that play. That was one that I wanted. I hope you're right. Uh, the Falcons, I don't trust. I mean, I'm always on the wrong end of them anyway, so who the hell knows? They're always, like, within – their lines are always, like, from minus one and a half. They're a hard team to get a gauge on. You know, or, like, minus three to, like, plus one and a half. Yeah. It's, Every it's, game they play, the they're stupid, always – It's the whole stupid division. The Bucks, the Falcons, yeah. the Saints. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all under 500. This is why it's difficult to predict what any of them do. Uh, Tyler. My my love, I'm going to match you, Sylvia. I also love the Buffalo Bills Uh-oh. this week. I think it's the same sort of rationale there, that this is a letdown spot for the Cowboys, and I think the Buffalo Bills are playing with a little momentum now. I'm, uh, I'm in the kiddie pool now with these two. I don't, said kiddie pool? I don't feel good about that, yeah. Uh, and well, I'm gonna, I, I will add to it, make it quick. Oh. My taste is the Bills minus two at home. Oh, wow. I, I don't like the Cowboys away from their building. Everyone loves them, some Cowboys. I do, too, inside AT&T Stadium. I think going on the road to Buffalo is a different animal, and I'll, uh, I, uh, I'll take a taste of the Bills, minus two. Uh, give me the Bears plus three. The Bears Just are gonna, a taste? Bears are going to win. Just out, a taste? Yeah, the Bears are going to win outright. Just give me a, I, I don't want to go too much on the Kool-Aid. So uh, that was my only win last week, I think, was a taste of the Bears. I'll do it again. 
Hopefully it's not my only win. Taste of the Bears plus three. All right, I'm going to jump in the side car with you, Sylvia, on my taste. I'm going with the Bears as well. The Browns, they're just littered with injuries across their injury report. They're playing hurt, so give me those three points. The Bears have been playing much better as of late. My taste, I'm going to go to the Green Bay Packers. I think they bounce back after losing on Monday Night Football. Packers minus three and a half against the Bucks is my taste. All right, there you go. Like it, love it. And uh, it's close. I, I think the wind pool is very close, The wind pool is uh, within three winds of each other yes, right now. Yes, it's, it's very, it's mm-hmm. very topsy-turvy. Mm-hmm. By the way, Like It, Love It brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Oh, so good. I could use uh, a Tito's tonight. Yeah, you have that. I'm going to continue my Elijah Craig drink over okay. here right now. They are the presenting sponsor of the Holiday Parody Song Competition. All right, uh, coming up next... Uh, we at five, are we doing it at five o'clock? Uh, more of the the live performance. I think we're going to have one next. Oh, we're going to have yep. one next. Okay, good. So, is it Danny Rocket? It is. Oh, yep. this Danny is, Danny Rocket. This, this next song is going to be tough to res, uh, tough to not vote for, especially. It's going to be tough to sing too without all of us getting in trouble, isn't it? Well, he's a musician. Okay, uh, Danny Rocket will perform one of my favorites coming up next at Bub City. Live from Bub City, Rosemont, it's the Waddle and Sylvie Holiday Party. Thanks to our partners at Country Thunder, Jewel Osco, American Sale, and 19 Crimes Wine. ESPN Chicago. All right, we're live at Bub City. It's the Holiday Parody Song Competition. Special... That's the only instrument I can play. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The mouth flute? What is that? Excuse me? What is, is that the mouth flute? No, it's just whistling is all I was doing. Uh, special the mouth harp? Sm- special shout out to Elijah Craig. Yes. Uh, for uh, being the presenting sponsor. Yeah. And uh, all of our uh, great partners for this. Uh, thank you. Jewel Osco. Did you see the giant, like, basket that Elijah Craig gave away on a yes. raffle? Uh, yeah, look, look at that, at that. thing. It's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, it's great. It's got golf balls in it. It's oh, got really? all kinds of different spices and cheeses. Oh, and, wow, really? We can yeah. take the spices out. Who won it? Who's the winner? Lucas Lucas something something. Can something, ask Lucas if something. we can take the spices out of there and give it to Joniak for his Christmas gift. Didn't he want the spice rack? He did. I'm going to buy it. That's Lucas right there. Yeah. Um, I, no, I'm going to I will, on behalf of you and I as a show, remind me, send me a text tomorrow. I'm going to buy Joniak a spice rack and have it sent to his house. Well, why don't we get him, like, the, don't they do, like, a spice of the month club? Like, why don't we get no, him? No, no, he wanted a spice rack, and you know how particular he is but about we, stuff. But if, if we send him, like, the spice of okay, the month. Okay, I'll take care of the spice rack, and then you can buy him oh, the, a membership to okay. spice of the month. All right, uh, Danny Rocket is a uh, is a great musician. Uh, if you are a Cubs fan, you've probably run into Danny Rocket either at the ballpark at yes. Wrigley. See, he's got fans out there. Yes, or you've run into him uh, on Twitter. Uh, he has been a contestant before. Is that the... your mom, Danny? Mom's here too. She drove me today. <laughs> oh, she drove you? Yeah. Dude. Well, uh, yeah. My wife has a car, so I had to get uh, here somehow. Okay, good. I was. Thank wrong. you, mom. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Danny uh, Rocket has been a contestant before. 
and a finalist before, correct? Yeah, once or twice, yeah, I think. You have not. Yeah, once or twice, I think I was a contestant. You have not won before, though. No, no, I'm uh, the Susan Lucci of your your contest. That's a great soap opera reference. (laughs) A little dated, but. Yeah, yeah, you're right in my my wheelhouse. It's all good. And, and, And so I was away for the last week, and I was very, very happy when Tyler told me that we have an entry from Danny Rocket. So did you get in right at the end? Yeah, I, I think like two days before the, the uh, end of the contest entries, I was able to get a song in. And uh, so I I'm, I'm just feel lucky to be up here right now. Uh, skin of my teeth. You know, I'm a, I'm a last-minute kind of guy. So there you it was. made it. I made it. You made skin, it. Skin of my teeth. What was the inspiration? I made it, Ma. <laughs> what, what was the inspiration for this? Well, I hate the St. Louis Cardinals, and I, and I kind of hope the entire city uh, falls into the Mississippi River and gets taken down <laughs> into the Gulf of Mexico and floats off to, I don't really care. Wherever it goes. <laughs> yeah, wherever the wherever hell it goes. goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. That's kind of where I'm at. And, and then, you know, with that, and your uh, use of the F word. Uh, Which you, always makes us giggle. You sold me. Like, yeah. your, your dislike for the St. Louis Cardinals and then the use of the F word. Like, I'm like, that's a finalist. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won me over. So that's all you needed. Well, I, I'm really going to attempt to make sure you guys don't lose your FCC license today. And I will edit myself live. Yeah, yeah. So yes. uh, what are you going to do? Will like? it have the same effect if it's edited? Well, we, we do have the the beeped version, I believe. Okay. So, so we'll have the beep to uh, signify right. where the F word once was. Okay. That's how we're doing it? Now, you said your mom drove you today. How does yeah. mom feel about your entry and the, the potty mouth portion well, of this? Well, I, I tell you, she's been seeing my performances for many a okay, year. So and uh, this really is kind of par for the course <laughs> and maybe one of the, the more lighter Things I've done in my uh, existence as, okay. a, as a rock, a rock ca- and roll guy. Let the camera for our Twitch audience see you, Danny. All right. uh, I'll come through. Right yeah. yeah, come on through. And he's Hi, got camera. the Cubs tie-dye on. Yep. Uh, Cubs, uh, swe- is that a Cubs sweater or just a blue yeah, sweater? Yeah, I made this yeah. sweater. You Actually, the, the Cubs patch costs more than the sweater. I, I found this at one of those resale stores over on Broadway, uptown. Got the patch. Sewed that on, instant cub sweater. It looks great. Yeah, thank you very much. It looks it's great. great. It's very, yeah. it's very it looks good. Great. So uh, if, if, if they don't make these, but I make them. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of one. Yeah. That's one, one of one. one. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be selling these after the show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is simply called F the Cardinals. F the Cardinals, oh, yeah. I, I, I love this. Can you do a second version afterwards for F the Brewers? Yeah, I actually have. I have F the Brewers right, right here. So you know what? I if, do. I, I, have, I wrote that as well. When I, we wrap up F the Cardinals, can we do R- F the sure, Brewers? Run it, it back. That's a B-side, right? Yes, yeah. that's a B-side. Exactly. For all, for all the olds out there, right? Yeah. All right, so here we go. This is Danny Rocket, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, them right in their face. St. Louis losers, hope in the future you come in last place. Cause Missouri's gross and dirty, it's never a good time. Bush Stadium is a dump and Wrigley Field is a shrine. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, hope they don't win a game. In St. Louis, they're so stupid, morons get a brain. 
Bunch of haters can't spell traitor. All your pictures are old. You can take the cardinal way and shove it up your poo holes. Yeah! Thank you. Thank you very much. I, now, 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 Tyler, while he's hot, we got to do this again, don't we, for F the Brewers? For the Brewers. We got Let's the run, Brewers. Run it back for F the Brewers. What do you say? All right, wind it back up. Do we have the music for this? I think we just... Yes, right, here we go. This one's from Milwaukee. The Brewers, the Brewers stole their manager, Craig. Cubbies have got him down from Wisconsin, our side of the lake. Times are rocky in Milwaukee. Their window's gonna shut. Ryan Braun's a cheating jerk, and Christian Yelich eats butts. The Brewers, the Brewers, Cup fans come to your state. 94 to Wrigley North, their bills are getting paid. It's a place with sausage races, just a two-hour drive. The Brewers are going down like Bernie goes down his slide. Yeah! Thank you. That's all. Thanks, everybody. Yes. Oh, we got a Danny chance. They got a Danny there, chance. There's a Danny chance oh, going on. Wow, that's, that's I don't think that's ever happened before. Yes. Me before. Oh, I'm sweaty now. Danny, what what would you do with the groceries? Oh, the gro- well, first of all, I'm a big fan of cheap chicken Monday. So I don't know if I don't know if that's that counts. Yeah. But uh, every Monday I go to Jewel. I live about a, bl- a block and a half from Jewel. So I'm friends with all those guys in there. I, I, I'm always in there on Cheap Chicken Monday. I like going there early in the morning, get all the discounts of like the two for one pork chops and stuff like that. So I'd be getting a lot of that stuff, uh, you know. But mostly Cheap Chicken Monday. Cheap though, Chicken man. Monday. I, I'm, I'm getting two chickens a Monday. That's He's got a plan. I yeah. love that. The man's got a plan. Cheap Chicken Monday. Yes. Well, you know about Cheap Chicken Monday. Of right? course. It's a Chicago institution. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for Danny yeah. Rocket. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Waddle and Sylvie. You guys Danny, rock. Danny Rocket's awesome. I am the no, best. I have no clue who I'm voting for. None. None. That All was right. awesome. All right. Two so, verses. We had two verses. How many more performances do we have? Two more? Two we more. Two more, yep. All right. Well, will we get one on the other we're, side we're here? We're going to get both.